Hey, what's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace. You're listening to Paint the Town Podcast with your hosts. LA Street Art Gallery resident artist, teacher, and founder of LA Street Art Gallery, James Chen of podcast episode 207 what's going on bro hey dude oh man just tired <laughs> we are uh actually in the process of moving right now nice. Um, nice. again man i feel like you've been moving so often well dude this place like the liquefaction factor over here it's basically like living on a boat on a river with a bunch of other boats going by um, so it's not working basically you've been you've been talking about it on the the last few podcasts basically how it's not working. yeah dude it's totally limited my uh you know i did a uh, um commission painting uh a while back and normally i could have done gotten it done in about five or six hours it took me about 12 or 13 hours wow jesus just because you know i'm working on a painting all of a sudden it's like you know oh wait shit okay hold on let me just wait till that you know movement's done and then you know then I'd right in the middle of a, a very fine detail or whatever, and, and I, you know, just smash it, and then I have to go back and correct it and everything. So it's oh, you know what? I, I do it's been a pain in the ass. I do have something uh, uh, artsy to talk about. I guess I went back to my uh, university, uh, UC Santa Barbara, over the weekend. I haven't been back oh. there for a really long time, and uh, man, they have an art gallery uh, right in the middle of the university center now. You know, and um, it's it's really has some really awesome work, you know, and I'm sure that, uh, you know, art students, they throw shows there um, and everything. So, I, I mean, you know, there's like 10 new buildings on campus and I, I wouldn't even. Good grief, them. man. Yeah. So many places. are. Dude, it sounds like the art school that I went to, which actually our guest today, um, he and I went to that art school together. And when we went there, dude, they were still in like construction and everything. And it was. You know, uh, kind of. It was it was compared to now, dude. They they took over like three or four blocks around it. All these big tall buildings and, um, yeah, made it look like uh, very rudimentary when it, when we were going there. But uh, although I don't, I, I'm wondering what it's like. I haven't been down there in about five or six years, maybe seven years. And uh, you know. I'm wondering what it looks now like nowadays, you know, with um, it being harder and harder to get into the art career, you know, since everybody has a a button that they can push and, and you know, render something in a certain style, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, um, you know, well, first of all, whenever you go back to college and then you, you think about, you're like, oh, I remember I used to, I, that moment there with at that place, you know, you just like bring back all these 
uh, memories, right? But as they start to build new buildings, you start to not recognize the place as much too, you, you know, because it becomes like a, a different place than, than you were, right? So, uh, yeah, dude, Bringling School of Art and Design in Sarasota, Florida, it looks completely different. Yeah. Completely different. Maybe there's like some, um, you know, our neighborhoods outside of campus, you're like, you know, but um, man, Cinco de Mayo in East Santa Barbara, man. I'm... <laughs> Have a good time, huh? Uh-oh. No, 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 no. Don't freeze up now. Oh, can you hear me? For some reason, you're, I can't hear you. How's that going? There. Now I can hear you. That's good. Okay. <laughs> I guess I got to talk to the mic like this. Um, let me... Oh, but dude, this move uh, that we're going to be doing is, is a life changer. Uh, this move that we're getting ready to do, because we're going to be within walking distance of the school that the twins go to, which, oh, nice. you know, at this point, you know, I, I usually get up and kind of help them get going in the morning. Um, and then I have to go pick them up from school, which basically cuts my day in half, you know. Um, and uh, then by the time we get home and uh, like an hour and a half later, it's time to fix dinner. So basically my, my day of, of being able to work on you know, our work or whatever doesn't really get started until about 9, 9.30, sometimes 10 o'clock. <laughs> um, you know, because I can't really plan anything during the day because I have to go, you know, be at school to pick them up. Yeah. So now, once we move in there, you know, by the end of this month, um, you know, granted, there's only another week or so left in school, but, um, you know, Next year, it's going to be completely different, dude. Um, I'll actually be able to, to do more things. And I'll be in a house that's not, you know, like living on a, on a giant waterbed, basically. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I feel like uh, uh, your productivity has gone a little bit down since you moved into this. Way down. Project. Dude, way, way down. This, uh, But I also feel like uh, if, your, if your kids are that close to the school, you're going to have a lot of kids over at your house, too. You know, if it's walking. No, not necessarily. All I got to do is play the scary dad, <laughs> scare the hell out of everybody, and they won't want to come over. <laughs> Let's go to Lynx's house. Fuck no, dude. His dad's fucking crazy. <laughs> I see our guests in the waiting room, man. So uh, let's. Uh, oh, awesome. Bring him in. Bring him in. Yeah. Introduce him first, man. Okay. It's my friend Jim Bentley. Went to art school with him. And. Um, what we were back during that time is so completely different than what we are these days. It's uh, really, really uh, amazing. I'm looking forward to hearing the stories, man. All right, let's let them in. Dude, how, you know, this, it looks like you still have most of your fucking hair. This just doesn't look fair, dude. What, what the hell? <laughs> you know, so meanwhile, I'm, I'm over here. Look at, look at this shit back here, dude. You know? <laughs> you know, look at, all yeah. the, look at all the fucking gray in the beard, man. The gray in the beard, it's, it's ridiculous, dude. It's good jeans. I mean. What? I'm not magic, yeah. man. Look at that. Jim. <laughs> <laughs> Jim's showing a, uh, the inside photo from my, my book, which is a photo by uh, Dan Hamilton. Our buddy Dan Hamilton took that picture. Oh, really? And uh, 
Yeah. He's such a nice guy. That's man. awesome. And everyone's like, what did you do? Did you throw those cans up and, and just time it right? And I'm like, no, nah, dude, I just, I, you know, I've got this ability to, you know, make things levitate over my hands for some reason, you know? Um, no, he, he had a, like a big, <laughs> yeah. No, he had uh, some, like a stands with a thing going over across the top and had the, the cans suspended with filament. So they were just hanging there and I just, you know, put my hands up. So That's no more magic, no more anything, you know. <laughs> Well, dude, let's get uh, let's get right to the questionnaire um, here. Oh yeah, this is my this is my friend James. James, this is James. James, um, nice to meet you. I, uh, nice to meet you. I, I call him Jim. I also have very good genetics, man. I I'm uh, uh, actually turning forty this year, man. <laughs> wow, motherfucker, yeah, man. No kids. <laughs> Look at him. He looks like he's fucking twenty five. You know. I know, right? He's not right. <laughs> I don't have kids, and I smoke a lot of weed, man. So uh, that, that's <laughs> that's the secret. Okay? Yeah. So. Whatever works. Yeah, there you go. But <laughs> yeah. anyways, um, back to you guys, man. I'm yeah, really... let's let's go ahead and get to the uh, questionnaire. Uh, instead of doing you know one or two, let's go ahead and skip over to number three, and um, start with that one. All right. Did you get the questionnaire, Jim? No. James, you didn't send the questionnaire to him. Did you? Ah. <laughs> Uh, I know. There's, there's a. Uh, uh, Dude, know. I'm, I'm fucking with you, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I knew he was, was fucking like, with uh, you, man. <laughs> uh, good at job. Good like, job. At first, I was like, maybe you can't send something, <laughs> man, for, for a second, man. Jim's and, like going, okay. Uh, where's that fucking email? Okay. Uh, <laughs> you told me there wasn't gonna be a questionnaire. You fucking asshole, man. You didn't, you didn't tell me about this. Yeah. You got so, it, um, so yeah, I, like I was saying, I um, actually went to art school with with Jim, and um, I was just telling uh, James that uh, we were completely different back then. Um, when I first saw Jim, he had like almost platinum blonde fucking hair, you know, kind of long. He looked like a, a, a professional wrestler, you know. He was all like boom, jacked up and muscular and everything, and and um we uh we actually didn't get along at first <laughs> i think we used to like flick each other off across campus or something like that is that what right is this? this is back in the 1900s you know <laughs> this was uh <laughs> 1900 and the turn and of the 87 in 1987 oh, yeah. was the first 87. year it was our first year yeah do you remember that dude wow. Yeah. Well, see, Jim, Jim had the talent of, um, which I was actually kind of jealous of. Uh, he used to get um, what's referred to as blackout drunk. And what that means oh. is that, you know, you, you reach a point. <laughs> Dude, I already said we're to totally different than now. You know what I mean? But, you know, he, he used yeah. to be able to get drunk and then be, not, not be able to remember what the fuck he did. You know? And uh, well, a lot of me, unfortunately, not me. <laughs> I remember all this shit, you know, and feel bad about it and everything and, and let it, you know, stay on my conscience. You know, meanwhile, Jim could, uh, you know, Jim, what was your, Oh, you remember uh, that night? You almost, Oh, what, ahead, what was your, what was your like drink? Just, just so we can all, you know, re remember and teach. What was your drink in college? Because what, uh, Whatever um, there was, man. You know what I mean? <laughs> was it yeah. like natty, alcohol. Natty <laughs> alcohol. <laughs> Whatever was cheap. Whatever was. 
for us it was like keystone uh, light yeah keystone right and then it was oh that's uh, right yeah light um you know sometimes we would drink steel reserve back in college man it's it's like that you got to get the extra alcohol so uh you know it gets the job done faster right you know and I, i basically uh you know after college i would swear i would never drink any plastic vodka any bottles anymore you know it has to be glass or else like i'm not touching that <laughs> you know what I mean? so, yeah right Ooh, wow yeah like back in the day sophistication yes yeah. <laughs> no more pop off no more you know mad dog you know the different colors but uh you <laughs> know, <we> drink... <laughs> oh, so no gosh. anyway did you but... ever drink mad dog jim did you ever have mad uh... dog jim not that I can recall. You don't remember it. <laughs> you might have then, right? Um, I, <laughs> I drank a bottle of wine once with you, I think. Uh, it was the worst hangover I ever had. Oh, it was horrible. So I stuck with beer yeah. and vodka. Mm, I see. I remember that Franzia, the box wine. You know what I mean? And uh, uh, that's the high sophistication right there when, uh, you, you know, you get you get the wine out of a box and there's a little nozzle right there <laughs> i don't you guys are looking at me like you don't know what you're talking about but uh we drank a lot wine. of that in college sometimes no dude we were sophisticated okay we at least got our shit out of a fucking bottle all right yeah <laughs> my wife's you know great uh, grandfather drinks wine out of a box yeah. it's pretty sophisticated <laughs> where are you joining us These... from today uh jim uh phoenix arizona actually peoria arizona to be exact nice 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 so uh you guys met in college and which uh which room is this is this uh your uh the wife's office or where is that where are you yeah it's the wife's office where i have a little bit of peace and quiet nowhere else in the house can you get peace and quiet so well jim why is that do you have kids that's right you had kids i was like you must have children Three kids, four dogs, and a grandma. So, yep. Four dogs? Yes. Uh, dude. That's awesome, man. What kind of dogs do you have? Because uh, my dog... You got a fucking zoo away. there. I mean, you know. Oh, I know, man. But it's, uh, you know, they're, they're pretty awesome. Um, we had two that we got before COVID. And then some bad things went down with uh, some extended family in California and uh, most of the family was lost and we took in two of their dogs. I see. So, I see. Uh, Oh, wow. That's dude. Yeah. Four. That's awesome, man. Yeah. We are dog people here, man. So uh... I got to <laughs> say this, um, you know, Jim is one of the most uh, incredible people I've ever met. Um, you know, when he got married, I, I wasn't too uh, hip on his wife, you know, but then um, they took in. Um, no, I'm kidding. His, uh, <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but hey, when they when they took in their first child, it was actually uh, an adoption, I guess, or what was that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. And um, and she was totally cool with that, you know. And I was just like, man, this is uh, this is a really cool lady right here, you know. And then um, then you guys had two of your own, right? Yep. Yep. And actually, our oldest, Juliana, um, she's, we just found out she's, uh, I think, 13, 14 weeks. So I'm going to be a granddad. Oh, my God. (laughs) Damn. Dude, do you dye your hair? Come on. You can level with me. I mean, I'm not going to tell anyone. I got, I got, I got a little bit of gray right here, but my mom, who's 78, her, she's got little bits of gray. I don't know. It's genetics. 
but when it oh, hits, man. it'll hit fast. So I think, you know, two more years, I'm going to look kind of like you probably. So dude, you're like, <laughs> oh, fuck you. Fuck you. You're, <laughs> you're what? 54, 55. I'll be 58. Holy shit, dude. Well, if it hadn't happened by now, we were all fuck, it's not going to happen, is it? Oh yeah. You mean you and Dave. Yep. <laughs> oh, Dave Nine. Dave Nine was a, a friend of ours uh, that we uh, that we went to school with at Ringling. And um, between the three of us, um, you know, the amount of alcohol and, and ladies that we uh, spent time with was um, remarkable. <laughs> <laughs> so you're hey, let me uh, You know what? What's that? No, I'm just. Hey, you guys are talking like, about you're talking about my blacking out. What about your? We could never wake you when you went to sleep at all. I mean, fire alarms would go off. Not now. Yeah. Not now. I can't even get to sleep now. You know? <laughs> well, that's because I literally had a ton of weed him out into the hall once and left him there because he would just fall asleep and not wake up at all. <laughs> I forgot about that. I used to be able to sleep good. That was before I had kids or a fucking wife or any of that shit. You know, I smoked a ton of weed and I was just as happy as could be. You remember my laugh back then? I mean, who could forget, oh, right? Yeah, who could forget? Yes. I had this really loud fucking laugh that was uh, turned out to be one of the things that I was known for. You could hear it all the way across campus, which was actually kind of small. And we had like about, what, 350, 375 students back then at the campus, Ringling School of Art and Design in Sarasota. Yeah, I don't know how many. Give or take, yeah. You, you only remember shiny things from back then, right? <laughs> Same as today, man. ADHD. You know man. what? Um, how Come did on. you uh, How did you end up at Ringling? Wait a second. How did you end up at Ringling, Jim? I never asked you that. Well, um, at 18, my mom nicely kicked me out of the house. And so I moved away thinking I had all the answers and Tried to make it on my own for a couple of years. Uh, and I think, you know, I ended up in some podunk town in uh, Alabama. Um, I, I met some cool people there and had some great friends. But at, at some point, I decided I didn't want to spend the rest of my life, you know, working at Godfather's Pizza and um, called my mom and said, hey, I want to want to go to school and my grandmother had started a small college fund to get me through the first year or so so I just um had it narrowed down to three art schools and ended up at Ringling and that's well that's I mean art it. when how, when did that have when did that come along in your life like when did you like start doing art oh geez um I had to always been into drawing you know i was always into drawing animals and uh started off with dolphins and sharks and then dogs and then um you know girls in high school came into the picture and that went by the wayside so uh, <laughs> i guess during that time period of introspection when i left home i figured well i'm kind of decent at art I think uh, I want to get into that so I uh, took some classes over at the community college and and um, it just kind of 
went from there and I was like, yeah, I think I want to get into, and I still didn't know what I wanted to do, which I still don't tell you the truth, but I knew I wanted to get into something in art. I ended up doing a little bit of um, computer animation, 3D modeling, graphic design, marketing, and now I'm into the fine art, trying to make my mark there now, so. Well, dude, you're doing some some great fucking work now. Like, when I look back at when we were at art school, um, I just remember that you, I don't remember seeing you doing a lot of drawing or painting, but then I remember this one painting that you did, I think it was of, was it fucking uh, Saddam Hussein? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. For Time Magazine. And I remember seeing that and going, what the fuck, man? Like, you know, this dude can fucking paint. You know, why, what the fuck is he, I don't know, were you taking graphic design or something? Uh, I was taking um, computer graphics, which was stupid because they had one computer on campus at the time. But uh, I know, right? <laughs> yeah. So um, was it a laptop or was it a? <laughs> it was like an iMac. Yeah. Uh, but if I had to do it all over again, I would have gone into fine art and just learned everything, you know, color theory and painting and. Um, all of that but it because because with those basics then you you know you could have branched off and done the graphic design and whatever because what I you know I look back and computers are basically a tool like like a paintbrush or pencil and um, you know I I felt that uh, I kind of shortchanged myself by going into what I did but I did take some illustration classes with Larry, you know, with Cressick. Oh, yes. Yeah, so um, I, I, I got some some uh, great education there, but I, I would do things a little bit different. But then again, well, dude, who knows that's fucking easy to say, you know, it's easy to say looking back, you know. Um, but hey, you know, at least you pursued the uh, the art career and um, are still in it. You know, I'm, I'm uh, you know, uh, took a much different path than I ever would have thought I would have. Um, actually, both of us did. James, um, if you would have asked everybody on that campus who the, like the last two guys that would ever be married or have kids and, you know, have like a, a somewhat <laughs> stable life going on, you know, that would have been Jim and I. Um, yep. <laughs> To have okay. I get it. I get looked it. forward. If, if I would have seen this in my future, like I don't know, I may have killed myself or something. I think you know, because oh, uh, well, just the, back then I'm like, no, get married, fuck time, that, right? and at having time, kids. Yeah. Are you fucking kidding me? Fuck that. That's no fucking way. I don't have time for that shit. I, I got you know my own things that I want to do here. You know, and uh, I don't know, man. You it know, turned out different for me though because i i was dead set against it my my uh my biological dad had been married nine times uh just just you know bad role model in that sense and so i had no desire to get married but man what a great call i i have had some great years man i mean oh you know, dude I, staying, yeah absolutely yeah i just and and to be honest, everything uh, 
you know, she's, she's kind of like the backbone, you know, she keeps me grounded because you, you know, me, you said it earlier, bright, shiny object, man, that's me. I'm, I'm all over the board. I only know that because I recognize it in myself as well. You know, I was kind of the same, you know, I'd probably be dead by now, you know, if I didn't have a wife and kids, you know, so, uh, but, you know, like I was saying, when I, when I first met Sean A and, um, you know, I was kind of like, really, dude, what the fuck? I don't get it, you know? But then little by little, I was like, ah, I see, I get it. <laughs> this lady is keeping, keeping my bro in fucking line, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you keep this guy in line, you, you get some amazing things out of him, you know? So uh, all those years of hate um, <laughs> for, for Sean A, um, you know, I almost feel bad about that, but, uh, you know, just being honest, you know, that's, that's, that's where I was at the time. Um, that's really interesting, man. Cause, uh, um, yeah, no, it's just, uh, you almost got married, didn't you, James? Yeah. At one point in time, uh, you know, it's, it's, things don't work out. I, I, I feel like I was prop people would expected me to have gotten married very early on. Um, I always had a girlfriend when I was in college, you know, and I was always kind of pursuing. You fucking wuss. <laughs> well, I, like I said, and then uh, it wouldn't work out, you know, constantly. So I was just like, um, it's, it's just different how people end up. Like, I went back to my university this past weekend, too, and I had a lot of feelings of uh, regret because I was like, man, I should have enjoyed my time here a little bit more uh, in Santa Barbara instead of going back to L.A. to date some girl all the time. You know, because um, I had other girlfriends okay. from uh, a different school, so it's just like really interesting uh, that I actually went back to my college and you know hearing your guys' college experience and uh, uh, I, I, like I said, I can imagine I know to the two guys that you were in college. You, you know what I mean? <laughs> just I know guys <laughs> like that, right? So uh, <laughs> uh, it's awesome to to hear how you guys have evolved, man. It's it's really cool, and uh, myself sometimes I feel like I uh de devolved you know because uh <clears throat> you needed to dude you fucking needed to when i first met you you were like mr fucking corporate you know i felt like i had to have like a, a an outline with bullet points in my mind whenever i talked to you otherwise you know i'd be, you know like uh get put on hold or something you yeah, know you know but uh like i said i'm an entrepreneur and now i'm just like enjoying my uh artist personality way more and the free oh yeah you're getting into the music yeah yeah i mean you know i Jim, by the way, I'm like a electronic dance music producer, uh, DJ, basically. I do like underground parties, raves and th things like that. So that's kind of like uh, where my passion is. And not just in this country. This fuckhole, you know, uh, like you said, he didn't have a wife or kids or anything like that. So he'll, you know, drift off, drift off to Spain or, you know, uh, in Ibiza, you know Morocco or, yeah. or wherever the fuck. Maybe not yeah, Morocco. Yeah, played but... before, yeah. <laughs> you, you really? Know, so yeah, I mean, so it's just like it's 2025. We're gonna go back, man. We're gonna go back 2025. But uh, you know, I just really it didn't life didn't really allow me to have um, the the you know white picket fence, two and a half kids life, which I was kind of like always <clears throat> prepped to uh, go for. You know, so it's weird just how like life works out like that sometimes. You know, and um, but like I said, it's just like you you kind of like try to map back like how did this happen you, you know and then it seems like you're like oh you're kind of always on this trajectory always so i don't know if that's like 
just how I see it. But like I said, for you guys, you wouldn't have even expected to, but uh, you know, just like have a wife and kids and things like that, right? So, uh, you know, it's just interesting how like things turn out. Yeah, it is. It really is. But geez, as young as you look, man, <laughs> you can you can party and do Ibiza for another forty years and then get married. You know that, that dude. He's crazy. already starting to get over it. Like I've heard some him tell me some shit. Like you know, man. I don't know. It's just getting kind of old, you know. And I'm like, what? the energy, <laughs> the energy. You, you know what, what did I mean? you say? <laughs> like I, I used to produce hip hop. My, 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 my young man over here is getting to be an old man. <laughs> oh man. Um. Yeah. Yeah. You know. It's, I used to produce hip hop, and it's just like now I feel too old for that crowd, basically too. So I, I mean, I'm slowly <laughs> maturing. You, you know what I mean? But just, uh, just maybe I'm stunted. You know? But um, like I said, I think it's just good to enjoy the journey, man, wherever it goes. Not focus so much on the destination at the end of the day, right? And uh, life. That's true. Yeah. On, life takes you on some. Uh, you know, what, while I'm thinking about it, Jim, do you have any of your pieces close by that uh, that you can show us or that we can look at? I have this um, too. If you want to, I got two of those back there, um, and then my studio's right outside the door. But uh, yeah. I'm gonna pull up are those. Uh, are those pencil? What what medium are those? Charcoal, um, charcoal and acetone. It's kind of hard to see. Maybe if I turn off the light, uh, we'll just pull this one up. Um, Damn, dude! Oh, yeah. Yeah, he's he's uh he's got your uh your IG pull, up. I'll pull it up yeah. on the uh, IG so it's a it's a little bit uh man charcoal you know what was always one of my I used to take art classes when I was little and charcoal was always like a really cool uh, medium to me because you can smear it afterwards it's not you know what I mean it's not like permanent once you draw something like a like a ballpoint pen or or something like that right so uh, okay uh, I, I got a question right quick so the background. Okay, just just the background. How long did it take to to do the background? Actually, not long at all. Cause um, I got this. Uh, he's kind of a friend mentor. Um, his name's Robert Kelly out of California, and uh, um, we kind of met on Instagram. And then uh, he, I don't know. Actually, during COVID, my wife got laid off from her job and so she's she's into marketing and um she's really good at her job and she started trying to market my stuff and she reached out to him and then he called me and uh we just were talking he started he, he's really awesome with uh with charcoal and he was showing me some tips and tricks with acetone and he's ah, the, that's what it is. Okay, the acetone. Yeah, so you just kind of smear it on and squirt it with acetone and hit it with some brush. It's it's almost like painting, Keith and and James. It's just uh, it's it's a really like you said, James. It's very forgiving. Uh, it's a lot of fun to work with, and I don't know. I, I think yeah, but I was dude, like, I, like the the fucking background on this would take me just as long as the goddamn portrait, you know. But that's the thing it's, to get, to get it's that look. Throwing throwing some charcoal powder on there, spritzing it, and hitting it with a paintbrush. And what does the bam, water do when you spritz it? Like, what does that um, what does that do for uh, you know? When is it like just help it smear? No acetone. Or, or, sorry, the acetone. Well, you can do acetone. No, you see those? 
you see those little light spots up at the top, James? Yeah, like yeah, yeah. Uh, like little dots. That's yeah. the acetone hitting the uh, the charcoal. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah, down okay. down in her hair where it's dripping, and uh, yeah, it's just and and also when I first throw it on there uh, oh, with the powder, I didn't sometimes I'll just take a rag and kind of hit it to get some sort of weird texture, and then spray it and yeah see see he's he's one of these guys already that like you know you just kind of flip this up here you get a couple little happy mistakes here you know and then it looks like fucking <laughs> awesome you know and when you try it yourself you know it looks like you took a fucking mop and hit it with some dog shit or something you know so that works too man I mean, it, it seriously you could get a great texture with that especially <laughs> if it's dry dog shit so <laughs> you seem like such an optimist, man. I mean, uh, you know, has Jim always been this way, uh, Teach? No. No? No, we, we were, we were uh, I wouldn't say optimist, you know. Um, we had these in interesting um, colloquialisms that, uh, is that, did I use that word right? Colloquialisms? Like these, <laughs> these uh, little group of words yeah. you would say, like, uh, it's all good except the bad stuff. Um, like, no, uh, no, no, no. You know, her face would that. make a train take a dirt road. Um, Don't you? Remember? I think I got that from you, Jim. James, James, the, the the it's all good except for the bad was at my bachelor party. Some girl came over. That's right. That bar. He, we were playing pool, and Dave Nine was like a walking model, right? He yes. everywhere Back he then. goes, yes, walked to him, and this girl Back came then. up. And was just all over him she was just uh, and she kept saying that it's all good yeah that was her, her yeah that was her main colloquialism she'd be like it's all good except for the bad stuff so we and kept, here we, we are kept, like fucking 35 years later and we still can't get this shit out of our mind you know i put three therapists out of fucking business you know <laughs> and they're like why do you keep saying that i don't know because it's up there you know I'm supposed to tell you what's up there. That's what's up there. So, um, he must you know, it's all good. <laughs> oh, man. Bad stuff. This guy was the greatest to go to the bar with because he was kind of shy and a little bit, I wouldn't say introverted because once he gets going, he would, you know, the whole, the whole place would know he's there, but he could be <laughs> shy at first, but he was so good looking. All the girls would flock to him. Did and then all you had to do is go in and, hey, how you doing? He was a great wingman. It was a problem. It was a problem, <laughs> you know. Um, confused him for Bob well, I learned, I learned kind of quick that you don't want to be that. You don't want to be the, yeah, fuck you, James. Bob Saget. Yeah, I know. I know. No, but I had, a, I had a mullet. You know, when Jim first met me, I had a fucking mullet. Full-on yeah, fucking it was, mullet. It was the you know? 80s, man. I mean, like, you know, everybody no, had a mullet. No, this was, uh, this was, um. No, yeah, you're right. Yeah, it was 87, 87, 88, 89. Yeah, I actually took a year stars. off and then came back. <laughs> you took a year off the mullet and came back? <laughs> I took a year off of, of art school because I had some fucking modeling opportunities come up over in Europe. Oh, okay, and okay. Uh, so I, I went over there to Milan, Italy, and, and found out real fucking quick that, uh, you know, uh, the look that was in at the time was kind of like an older man look. And I did not look like an older man, but I could still have gotten some work if I would have, um, oh, uh, bent over for uh, Johnny Versace I met one time and he invited me to a fucking dinner party at his place. 
you know, and luckily, luckily that night I had um, what we called a, compo a composite date set up. And what that meant was uh, one of the guys that I was staying with at the pension had this girl's modeling composite, you know, he's like, Hey, I'm going out with this girl, man. This is her friend. You want to go out with her? And I'm like, fuck yeah, man. You know, and it, more often than not, I end up fucking you over because that picture, you know, it's got all kinds of lighting and, and makeup and everything. And they got their boobs, you know, pulled back from up under their armpits, you know, or some shit. And then you see them and they're like flat as a board, you know, their eyes are like way far apart and fucked up looking, you know, and you're just like, you know, I'm pulling the composite out of my pocket, looking at it, like, what the fuck happened? Are you sure this is the same girl here, man? But luckily, I, I had one of those that night. There was a casting at uh, Johnny Versace's uh, studio. It was on San Babula in, uh, um, there in Milan, Italy. And um, uh, he didn't have very many guys in on this casting. And I was like the last guy in line. And he's like, um, have you ever been to um, Barbados? And uh, I was like, uh, no, have you? And he gives me this look like, like he probably owned a couple of fucking places there, you know, like, why the fuck do you think I'm asking you, dude? I, you know, and I'm like going, oh, <laughs> and um, he goes, I'm having a, a dinner party in my house tonight. You're, uh, you know, you're welcome to, you know, to, to join. And, <laughs> you know, me fucking idiot. Like, no, actually, I got to compile. You know, I got a date tonight, man. So, uh, you know, I can't make it. Now, when I got back to the pension um, later on that day, and, uh, and I was telling some of the guys about what happened. They started laughing their fucking asses off. And they're like, dude, you have no idea how lucky you are, okay? Because you're stupid. You know what I mean? You're stupid. You don't know what the fuck's going on here. Um, but you, okay, so let me tell you what goes on with those dinner parties at Versace's place, okay? So basically you'd show up for the dinner party, you know, thinking probably there's probably gonna be some hot models there, you know, and maybe get your little girl, go fuck her outside or something, right? Um, no, you'd find that it would be just you and Versace and like his guy that runs the house and uh, maybe one other guy. The house and that would have been it. That would have been the dinner party. And by the end of that evening, you know, if you hadn't, uh, you know, done what he was wanting to do then uh you know you might as well forget modeling and you might want to leave town and lo and behold that motherfucker that shit got back on him you know because he used to do that you know a couple of other designers used to do that too you know they their thing wasn't um they could care less about the gay guys you know they get them all day long the thing that really got them off was a straight guy doing this thing so that he could be on one of their advertising campaigns because what that would do is, you know, they take those pictures and then go back to America, you know, with that portfolio of pictures, like, you know, uh, on cover of a magazine, Vogue magazine or a Lomo Vogue or whatever. And then, you know, the Americans are like, Oh my God, you know, he's the, he's the guy, he's in the style. You know, he get, they get a bunch of jobs from it. Right. And then eventually, you know, that would kind of die down and you have to go back over, you know, get another campaign, big campaign, you know, and then, by that time, you know, they're like, meh, no, I've already had you, you know? So they, you know, that their, their thing was like, you know, de-virginizing non-gay guys, you know? That was their thing. And yeah. it finally came back on Versace because that dude killed him. You think that's, that's one of the guys that he was... The, uh, that's what happened oh, with the murder, fuck, right? Yeah, dude. Mm, I yeah. See, I see. Yeah. That, I did hear that, you, know, you, you reap what I, you... 
the guy who killed him um i listened to this yeah. radio show down here and i i did some uh uh he, he runs a foundation too called love pop and i did some dog illustration things uh for them because we also um fostered some dogs wait wait there. wait a second the guy that 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 wait um, wait shot shot you? no 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 his That's name right. is uh john jay and john jay van s and i guess his wife went to school with the guy who shot versace Oh, okay. Because I was going to say, wow, man, that's, that's you know, pretty. Oh, so, shit. Okay, yeah. I see. I was going to say, dude, that's mighty, mighty forgiving of you, you know, considering forgiving. Like, I, I don't think I could ever, you know, actually, no, maybe, no. maybe I would have. I'm like, dude, I totally get it. You know, fuck that asshole. I'm glad you shot him, you know? Yeah, I never. No, I'm just kidding. I'm not happy for anyone to, to commit murder, okay? You, you know, I'm just We're making jokes over here. Don't anyone get sensitive on me and email us and, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I mean, guys are getting me in fucking trouble over here, you know? You see how I blame you like that? <laughs> just letting you talk, man. So, anyway, yeah. No, I know. That's what, we'll see, that's what happens here. We, you know, we don't like to have any kind of a, a structure. Because, you know, we like for people to get to know, uh, you know, who we're interviewing, you know, not, not who they want you to know. You know, we like for people to get to know how they, how they are if they're just hanging out and chilling, you know, because everyone can act a certain way for a certain amount of time, you know, and it's, it's hard to really get to know people that way. And, um, you know, any, any of your artists out there that are, you know, uh, you know maybe thinking about uh, joining us. And maybe you're concerned that, you know, uh, you know, you might not get it right or whatever. That would be great. We, we fucking love that, you know, because a lot of times I see, you know, artists that I really respect or whatever. And I think that they got all their shit together and that they never fuck up and that, you know, they just got all their, you know, ducks in a row and everything. And, you know, a lot of times, uh, maybe more often than not, that's not the case, you know, artists are some tortured motherfuckers. Not as bad as comedians, you know. Respect to the comedians. Those guys, you know, uh, the, the better the comedian is, the more of a hell you know that that guy has been through, you know. I used to want to be a, be a funny guy myself, you know, because every once in a while I'm kind of funny. And, um, you know, luckily before I got up and did like an open mic thing or anything like that, luckily I didn't do anything stupid like that because I probably would have made a complete fucking fool of myself. Um, I've never, you know, I've never I, done an open mic either. I mean, you know, we have some friends that have been on the show that are comedians. You know, I highly respect yeah. what they do because, uh, you know, um, especially in this generation, you really got to put yourself out there to be a comedian. You know, everybody in today's TikTok world, they feel like they have a voice in front of your screen and uh, something to say, a hot take. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? And uh, to me, what about I, you, Jim? You ever had any, uh, you know, desire to be a comedian or, you know, someone try to, you know, was it always drawn no. for you, Jim? Do what? Was it always drawn? Well, Jim's kind of no drawing no, and uh... girls and, and drinking. <laughs> hey, I quit drinking. Jeez, uh, what is it? And twenty something years ago. Wow. Okay. Over. Yeah. Uh, right before I turned thirty, which, by the way, I didn't think I'd make it to thirty, and then I quit drinking the week before I turned thirty, and then I met my future wife and 
So I guess, you know, the death of one type of reality, but I see what you're saying, Keith. Yeah. I, I, uh, I never wanted to try and be a stand-up comedian because first of all, I'm not that funny like you and Ethan. But yeah, dude, can... like every, you, you have like a nature about you that like, you know, if you're just hanging out with this guy, James, like, you know, it's, he's naturally <laughs> fucking funny. You know what I mean? Like, it's not a fucking act. He's just naturally funny, you know? And usually sometimes people, yeah, usually sometimes people are like, oh, you should, you know, you should get into comedy, you know, you should do some stand-up or something like that. And, you know, my first response is, uh, you know what? I, thank you, but luckily my life isn't that bad. You know, it, uh, it's, it's kind of tough right now, you know, but as an artist, the artist in, in me is actually a little, is kind of grateful for that. Um, because uh, from what I've learned um, and research that I've done is that if you make an artist comfortable, you're not going to get as good of artwork from them, you know? They're going to start turning into, you know, decorative shit, which is fine. You know, um, anything to, you know, that makes you feel better, really. Um, but, you know, if you're a true That's artist. I, I respect what you guys do, man. That's why when you asked me, I was like, man, you guys are on a different level. You've got it. Like, it seems like a purpose. You're, you're out there uh, making art about, you know, um, you know, politics and what's going on in the world today. And and uh social social things that are happening and i think that's really cool and i'm i'm trying to i feel like i'm trying to get there because like you know i kind of started on my fine art leg of my journey late you know just how long ago like how long did how long ago did you start doing the portraits well, I've always kind of dabbled in portraits, but I really, I, I'd never dabbled in painting. I mean, that Saddam thing was probably the only paint. I did one other painting in, in uh, college, but I really wanted to get into oils. It's funny, I'm still doing charcoal, but I, I am doing some oils, but um, probably. Dude, oils are a fucking pain in the ass. They stink, you know. But anyway, but you can think, you can just any mistake you make, you just wipe it down, start over. It's, it's, I struggle with the color, you know, uh, figuring out color and, and whatnot, but, um, I enjoy it. I enjoy it all actually. So, uh, it was probably 2011. I started getting the itch and then maybe 15 or 16. Yeah, I can't remember when, but the company I was working for got bought out and I was, gonna move on to another uh I was a creative director at a company and it's gonna move on and um we were paying so much in um child care and my wife was just totally into marketing she read marketing books before she went to bed and this and that and I was looking at painting magazines Damn. and she said why don't you just stay home with the kids and paint and uh i was like yeah that'll be easy that's awesome what, what the hell was i thinking man i'm really good at doing laundry and dishes now so but um I'm getting hey me too <laughs> me too man yeah. i do better than the fucking cleaning lady okay i'm better than our fucking cleaning lady which you know i, I love to you know i love the wife and everything but you know 
our kids are getting a little bit spoiled, you know? But yeah, you got to When I was 12 years old. I'm the cleaning Yeah. <laughs> well, our kids are fucking 12 years old now and, and perfectly capable, you know? They're very good at pushing little buttons and looking at a fucking screen, but, yep. you know, they can easily clean, you know? But uh, they will at some point. <laughs> <laughs> Whether it be as a job or at their home, they're going to clean at some point. And uh, yeah, they're going to wish they had known about it younger. <laughs> I mean, it's funny. I just I'm just thinking about when I was growing up, my parents refused to get a dishwasher because they had children that would clean. And uh, <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Until I convinced Fuck yeah. them, until we convinced them that actually you can save more water this way by using the dishwasher. So therefore it's actually a better deal to get the dishwasher and it took years i think it was in college but one of our things was you know we would have conversations while we have to wash dishes this was time for mom and dad to talk to you, <laughs> you know what i mean it's like you're busier washing one's washing one's uh drying the dishes and putting them away and this is a family conversation time like how was school kind of kind of stuff like that so uh i guess times have changed Some clever motherfuckers man <laughs> Damn. I'm just saying that's just uh, I, that's that's just it refreshed my memory on uh, growing up, you know. But I think, like I said, we have dishwashers now, so you know, there's no, you know, you know, you don't want to wash dishes yourself by hand. It's just you know, it's, it's less. Yes, efficient. I do. I like it. <laughs> I like doing that. I like you know uh, appreciating simple things. Yes, exactly. Very cathartic. Actually, I, I also like cleaning. You know, um, who is it that uh, Snoop Dogg? Fucking Snoop Dogg enjoys vacuuming. You know. Me too. Man, I put in some. I put in my AirPods, and I just I love vacuuming. I don't know why. Snoop Dogg Everything enjoys else. doing anything. Well, you know what? It's it's something that you're doing. You know, it's part of your providing for your kids. It's part of your providing role. It's something that you know when you do it, you can see the results of it or smell the results as well. You know. Uh, a lot of people, the work they do, you don't get to see shit, you know, and, um, sometimes what you're doing gets fucking destroyed and doesn't even get used. So, um, you know, I love cleaning. I, I think that, uh, kids should learn how to clean a lot younger. Dude, when I was in Zimbabwe, I was staying in this fucking orphanage. Okay. And there was, there's 15 kids. There was the mom and the dad that took care of the place and they had like one or two workers and there's 15 fucking kids. All right. And the youngest kids were uh, like three and four years old. Um, and they had these girls that were in the age range of, uh, let's see, Anasu was nine years old and um, Ketakwashi was eight, nine, nine. Okay. So, like, you know, from eight to, to 11 years old. Okay. And these kids would fucking cook dinner. Okay. And not, you know, when you're cooking dinner, they didn't go in. They didn't have a fucking microwave, okay? They had an oven, what? okay? <laughs> they had an oven, but that oven, um, it would only go to one temperature, okay? And um, if <laughs> and it wasn't hot enough to, to cook enough, I think it's like, a, you know, 150 degrees or something like that, okay? And so... They would use it sometimes to keep food warm and they would just plug it in and then just put stuff in there. There was no adjusting any dials or anything because it didn't all it, it, it would just turn on and go to a certain temperature. 
the oven they cooked all the food on was in the backyard and it was made of bricks. Okay. And they had to go get wood and build a fucking fire and make it the right size so that it was the right temperature to cook the milli meal, which is like, um, right. you know, it's like cornmeal basically. That was their, that was their staple. And in the yard, um, they had plants. They had lots of corn. They had some kale. Um, they had some beans, um, some tomatoes, um, onions. And so that's, that's how they fucking survive, man. These kids would go out there, you know, get the fucking food off the goddamn plants, you know, cut it, take it over. They would, oh, dude, when I went back the second time, it was horrible. I was there in 2007, 2008. And in 2008, it was, it was so much worse. They, they were telling the kids, okay, when you're way home from school, you know, if you see some wood along the, the road, grab a piece and bring it with you because there was a, a shortage of fucking wood, all right? And like the, 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 the shelves in the market were mostly empty. Um, they had plenty of ketchup and mustard, though. I just remember seeing that. It's like one visual. It's like, there's all these empty and then all, this, all the ketchup you could ever want in your fucking life, you know, and, and mustard there, you know. And, uh, but, you know, they would, they would, oh, yeah. So the second time that I was there, the wood shortage was so bad that the wood that they would get was like small stems, you know, and sticks instead of logs. And that makes a big difference because the, the, the heat of the fire is hotter when you have these big logs. So it doesn't take as long to cook dinner. When you have all these little sticks and stuff, you have to keep on it with the fucking blower to keep it going at the right fucking temperature. And most of the time they would have dinner done by about eight o'clock at night. But during that time, sometimes it was like nine thirty or 10 o'clock and, uh, Inga and, and, uh, Carl, those are the two young kids, um, three or four years old. These kids could fall asleep sitting upright on the ground. Like, you know, just say they're sitting on the ground, they're upright like this. They would just be like, I'm like, yeah. Like, dude, oh shit, you were asleep. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. You know, you guys heard that uh, uh, in Japan, they're like they make their kids like uh, clean up too. I'm just saying, like, it's kind of interesting. I mean, how do you guys? I feel like it's good, kind of <laughs> but it's also no, kind of interesting. Dude, fuck you, that. You know? It's yeah, because uh, kids, like these said, kids think... need to learn to do shit, you know, instead of just pushing fucking buttons. You know, we're, we're heading into a world of AI, you know, artificial intelligence. That's going to be yeah. creating all the fucking content you're looking at. Um, you know, and then there's deep fakes where they can take your fucking face and put it on shit and everything. So, um, Jim has AI. Yeah. I mean, Jim, do your kids, uh, your kids do any cleaning or anything like that or. Yeah. Yeah. Some, but, uh, you know, we have to bribe them or twist their arms or, you know, just depends. Um, and when mom's home, she busts a cap and they, they get working. So, but you know, it was interesting what you said earlier, uh, about how artists, if, if they get too comfortable, they, they don't, uh, create anything worthwhile. I think that holds true with, with almost everything. If, if you're, I think that's a problem in society today is too many people are comfortable and, 
and you just rest on your laurels and uh, you're not accomplished, especially with a lot of the, a lot of the generations coming up. And I, I think, you know, I was listening to a podcast and I wish I could remember who it was. It was actually my wife turned me on to it. Um, she listens to this leadership podcast and he interviews all sorts of different people, but he said that he goes, man, I have some business going on in um, Singapore. So I'm moving my whole family there for the year. You know, I feel it's very important Ooh. to not be comfortable. He goes, I'm well off. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm an entrepreneur and this, that, and the other, but I'm taking the kids away from the really nice house and this, that, and the other. We're going to go live in Singapore and we're not going to be living in, you know, fancy this and have house cleaners and all that. And uh, because I think it's very important um, that you're uncomfortable at certain times in your life because it'll help you. It'll kick you in the ass, you know, and, and I had to move. Amen to that, dude. I totally fucking agree. People are way too cozy these days. And, you know, I I think it's, you know, maybe part of how the, uh, the government controls people, you know, they, they love people having their phones, you know, and all these apps on it and everything to keep them fucking busy and comfortable and not showing up to protests or, you know, doing anything because it's like, well, you're going to go to the protest later today in March. Um, I'll post about it. Okay. Let me, let me do a post there. See, I posted. (sighs) Let me go back to my TV show, Mm, you know, and their, their brains are just turned into fucking jelly. You know, you know, speaking of AI, I actually had a really, I'm coming across like a bitter old man and, and I'm okay with that. So fuck everybody. (laughs) (laughs) What were you saying, James? Speaking of AI, I had a really interesting, uh, as, as Teach knows, my, one of my neighbors is just like a, a big asshole. Like he does, he's one of those neighbors that doesn't let anybody park in front of his house. You know, even though. Dude, where did you park? Yeah, I was just going to say, he's like, where did you park, Keith? I'm like, uh, right. Okay, okay, okay. Anyway, so, you know, he doesn't own the front of the street, but, uh, you know, all of our neighbors have really been like. Really you wouldn't rude. think that, you know, you'd think he was like the fucking neighborhood vigilante or something. Yeah. You know, he gives everybody dirty looks. Anyways, long story short, uh, you know, we had a little um, confrontation basically because he asked he, he actually commanded me to uh, tell my friend to move my, move his car, you know, and I just texted him back. I said, hey, you know, normally people uh, say please. And uh, uh, just let you know, I'm going to have my friend move his car, but, uh, uh, you know, I'm doing it because I'm a considerate neighbor, but I'm not going to let you bully me. Got it? This is through text message, basically. Right. So anyways, I was talking a uh, long story short. I was talking to the AI <clears throat> I was about the situation cause just because I was like, what can I do to annoy this guy legally um, without getting in trouble? I was like, the AI will know. Right. <clears throat> because at first I was like, I was like thinking like, hey, I can consult. My, uh, instead of consulting a lawyer, which is my friend or something like that, normally you have to pay like, you know, 500 bucks. Like I've wanted him to do some sort of restraining order or something like that. And now I can ask this AI like legal advice without even paying for it. Right. But at the end, it was like uh, uh, it, it, I just started having a moral conversation with it. I said, well, you know, I'm trying to give this guy payback. Yeah, right. Like, what can I do? And it kept on urging me towards a peaceful resolution. So I felt like it was really, really interesting because somebody programmed. I said I said to it, I said, hey, you know, if you're a robot, how can you tell me, uh, you know, more what's more moral? He's like, you're right. I am a robot. I can't tell you what's more moral. But basically, you know, I'm run by algorithms. But basically, uh, through all the information I've had, 
I, you know, a peaceful resolution would be better. So, you know, so um, I just thought about Wow, said, that's interesting. Yeah, I said, how many parents actually, um, you know, your parents, let's just say you have horrible parents, right? And then you know you have horrible parents, but you know that your AI may make better decisions than your parents. So you ask your AI for yeah. advice, right? We have like a Jiminy Cricket in our fucking pocket basically now. So, I mean, it's kind of wow. really interesting that if you just skew it a little bit to change, um, like, their opinion, right? All these kids, if they're talking to their best friend, their AI, thing about things that they have, they don't want to talk to their parents about, right? So, uh, um, like I said, it was just, like, a really, really interesting. We were talking about AI a little bit earlier. And I was just, like, it was a really interesting thing that happened over the weekend that I felt like, hmm, this is, like, uh, a new tool, like you said, right? And then not just for... Not just for uh, art, uh, like, you know, create this or create that, but also for just like, uh, ju you know, just talking it out. Like, I, I don't see how therapists will really have like jobs. I don't see how like lawyers are going to have jobs in the future when I can just consult my AI for like uh, all this kind of stuff. So I don't know. That was just my take on the weekend. So I Well, good. I mean, if any of my friends are lawyers, I love them, you know, but fuck lawyers, man. I mean, shit. Less lawyers in this world, the better, I think, you know. What about in the world? You know what they're trying to do? They're trying to calm the masses mm. for Skynet. <laughs> That's what I, I always thought Google was Skynet. Oh, wait, who was that guy that just quit? Just quit. Um, there was, was the guy uh, because of AI. This, I, think. I forgot his name, but didn't he? He played a big part in creating all this and he quit so he could say, hey. Yes. Uh, that's that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, his name is Doctor Hinton. Yeah. He quit his job at Google, and then he's worked there for over a decade. Um, basically, he said that so he can speak speak freely about the risks of AI. But I, I was just yeah reading this article, and I was just thinking about this. How like seriously, if you if if it wants to skew you just a little bit instead of like urging you to peaceful resolution, you know what I mean? If, if all of a sudden, yeah. you're like. But the Asians, you're are you're like, a number one you know, example say, right there. You, you've already <laughs> so had your experience with them. Exactly right. So uh, so, anyways, I know it was a kind of a long story from my neighbor all the way to get to that point. But basically, I was thinking about how AI is going to affect uh, our society more and more. And what about in the world of portraits, Jim? I mean, like, uh, uh, how do you feel about that? Well, I, I you know I I think there will always be a place for artists and if i feel like artists already know well not artists people know that when a, are you talking about the the creating of art without actually using a human artist yeah 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 exactly exactly and things like that do you feel like worried or even about what we're talking about with your kids you know what if, if i may interject here um i think i think the best thing to do is try to get people to understand that when you want an element like that in your life, in your home, or whatever the fuck, you know, a portrait of somebody, um, you're either supporting a machine or you're supporting a human being is the way, you're, you know, you should try to look at it, okay? Do you want to support a fucking machine or would you rather support a human being? I would rather support a human being, okay? And the way you do that is you get in touch with an artist who can do it, okay? And so you're not buying a piece of artwork, okay? You're buying something that's helping to support somebody, 
okay, that is attached to somebody that has a hell of a lot more meaning than something that's just spit out of a fucking machine. Yeah. So, you know, I, I think that's something we need to try to, you know, get people to understand more when we get closer into this fucking AI world. Because like I said, I... <laughs> I I almost got uh, arrested and thrown in jail probably um, because I was going to take a crowbar to this fucking machine that I saw at this mall. And this machine, you could you could take your photo, whatever the fuck it was, you could scan it in, and then here's this panel, you know, like uh, Picasso, Monet, um, Van Gogh, Rembrandt, you know, and you just filter, push filter. the fucking button. Yeah, filter. And it would spit that fucker out in that uh you know in in that artist's um you know design and uh yeah um luckily i uh i had a smoke uh you know smoking a lot of weed back then um <laughs> and uh and didn't follow through with it i mean i was you know sitting in my truck with the crowbar and uh <laughs> trying to figure out the quickest way to do enough damage and get out of there before, you know, like a security guy or whatever um, could stop me. <laughs> and so, yeah, I was really bitter about that shit for a while because, you know, I was thinking, shit, we don't need fucking artists anymore. But, you know, you, you know, it, it gets back to what I was just saying. Um, you know, we got to find a way to make people aware, more aware of the fact that when you when you purchase art to uh to try to make sure that there's actually a human being not a dead human being you know like you know a lot of people they just they buy artwork as an investment which you know whatever i understand you know and they buy some dead person's artwork and who are you supporting when you buy a dead person's artwork jim <laughs> do you know uh, it, no. exactly exactly you don't know who the fuck you're supporting it could be some company who, uh, you know, similar to our uh, our ex-president, was a rapist, you know, or a sexual harasser. <laughs> yeah. You know, well, here's here's another. Sorry, you know what? Go ahead, Jim. I was just going to say, you 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 said you know supporting the artist, but also look at it this way. You have a piece of art. You know that's spit out from a machine, or that someone created with paintbrush, charcoal, whatever. I don't know, maybe, and it's not me being biased, but uh, maybe because I'm on the other end, but I wouldn't want, I could care less about hanging a piece of artwork that a computer popped out. I mean, think about this. There's all sorts of programs for making music, but yet, you, you know, you, the human element behind putting together uh, different forms of music to create a final piece. You know what I'm talking about, James? Yeah, I'm yeah no, definitely. I mean, at the end, I, I also play instruments too. And, uh, you know, a lot of people would consider what I'm doing actually like AI, I guess you would say. You know what I mean? Because I'm using a... What so, instruments do you play? Uh, you know, I dabble a guitar. That's like kind of like what I, what I would say, you know, but I'm not, I'm not any good, but, uh, you, you know, that's or else I'd be doing but, that. But you're putting together so, so you can spit out on your computer or whatever, uh, a, a piano rift or whatever, but you're controlling that and putting it together with other elements 
and yeah. still there's a massive major human effort basically right yeah effort behind that and yeah i think i think uh you know at the end of the day it's just like how deep do you want to get inside this because it's like some people can are just very passive surface fans of art or uh or whatever oh, yeah they can care less if it's a print or the real thing right you know, I, I saw this for example you know cause right i saw this cause figurine being knocked off on uh, one of those chinese manufacturing sites called temu or something like that oh yeah and they're yeah selling the i see knockoffs of them all the time for like 10 not bucks. all the time but i have seen and then the description was trendy trendy doll statue <laughs> trendy doll statue you know, you fuck know, man i know he must be looking at that like fuck jesus christ man my 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 art has uh, has been boiled down to three words you know but I'm you know what saying. here's here's another way of looking at it, okay um sorry to interject here but um i take a lot better care mm. of artwork that i know that somebody created you know if it's just some fucking print or something like that, I'm rolling it up, I'm putting it here or whatever, right? But, you know, especially if I know the person or whatever, geez, I take better care of it than I do my own kids, you know? <laughs> well, I, I think another thing. Not really, I mean, fuck everybody. I know, you're, you know? Joking, I'm joking. you're joking. One of the other things, too. Kinda? <laughs> like, you know, one of the other things, too, is like, for example, I think that, you know, a lot of people buy art for the story. Right. And then um, uh, I think one of the yeah. things like, for example, I have this like uh, Banksy. I literally printed this out on a paper. OK, okay like up, up here, uh, you know, Winston Churchill with. A oh, you're pointing at it on the wall. Yeah, I, I thought, dude, what's, what, I've never on, seen on you the, do this. Yeah, guys, he right does there, this right? a lot, you know, when he's talking, you know, but, but I've never seen him do like. Okay. Right. So it's just like I just printed that out for decoration. But the thing is, like, there's no story to that unless it's like somebody else is a, a Banksy fan too, basically, right? But if uh, you know, I'm I'm I got a portrait of you know my mom done by Jim or done by Teach. You know, I I can say like, oh, that's my mom, and actually I know this artist, and uh, blah blah blah. I, I have like so ma so many stories about it too. So I mean, that's what I think that you know people uh, tons of conversations you know exactly created right there. You know, art, actually. in ways of relating with people and getting to know people, you know? Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. I just think it's, like, really interesting how the AI world's really, really just starting to penetrate and affect our world right now. And, um, you know, this is just a small example of, a, a, you know, these are just small examples, but who knows how it'll be in the future. Shit. That reminds me, I wanted to show you this, Jim. Um this is some stuff that I fuck around just to keep me from going absolutely fucking crazy sometimes. Um, so this is a, uh, a spray cap. Okay. Yeah. It's, um, it's actually a, uh, a fat cap it's called a fat cap um, because the, the spray is very wide. Um, and so I did a, uh, the original actually, I'll show you the original, but um, so this is a, uh, a spray cap that I made that um, it's actually, I should have, cast it in an opaque but you know I, I put like a face on it and made like a little bat head you know so there's going to be a bat cap spray cap right but it, it was just the more i looked at it, it was like you know this this is just um this one doesn't but I'll, I'll show you the one that still doesn't here in a second um it just it it seemed like a little sterile you know the kind of little void of, of character you know it's got the bat ears or whatever and you know, a little bat face in his mouth would be like where the spray comes out right 
And so then I made another one that was, um, or I actually just added some some weight onto it. I should have casted these in, in something opaque. It's hard to see the real face on there, but um, so you know, thickened thickened them up a little bit, gave him a big old chin, you know, um, made the uh, the ears a little bit thicker, you know, um, and you know, I figured, well, maybe okay, if this guy's maybe he's a thin cap, okay, because there's thin caps, mediums, and fat caps. So here's the the thin bat cap. This is the the median bat cap, <laughs> and then this is the fat bat cap. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I love it. So I just mouth. I kept I kept <laughs> adding um, more and more uh, weight on him. It's like he just he just kept eating and eating and eating. And uh, I haven't finished the you know put all the coloring and everything on him, but I just you know work on this a little bit at a time every once in a while. So. Um, but uh, yeah, so that's this. This is actually, you know, a, a, a spray cap, and it it, uh, it still works. So um, that's so cool. Once I'm done with the coloring and everything, I'll uh, you know put on a thing, do a little video or something. But um, and I started yeah. a, a spray paint company called uh, Ghost Spray Paint, actually, and uh, uh, you know, it's a, a kind of like a boutique spray line. Teach, do you have any cans? Um, I don't know if we have any. I did shit. It's okay. <laughs> we still don't want to have a can on us, you know. It's. Uh... I mean, no, we got IG. I, we got IG. Actually, this uh, this this um, uh, spray cap would fit on our uh, on our spray can. Yeah, so. so it'll be like a nice little uh, display uh, art piece. That'd be very cool. Yeah, so uh, let me let me just bring it up real quick. This is one of the. Uh, this is this is the can. We actually designed the uh, logo and we got it made. My background, I'm actually a chemist, actually, so I actually know. We actually got this whole like uh, uh done paint company done and uh you know so uh you know just, wait and if you flip it over chemistry yeah yeah yes yeah. it is I mean, he's uh wow you're well rounded well, he was he was a uh, drug dealer for a while oh <laughs> over here was it excuse a me pharmaceutical a pharmaceutical rep okay, i was a pharmaceutical you know? rep back in the day and that's actually how we met for, actually for legal like, stuff you know but um you know <laughs> i like to give him shit I, I was but then, around go ahead. I'm uh, sorry, James. The finish that part. And during that period of time, there's just so much uh, different art going on in my territory, which was uh, Hollywood and Melrose and Fairfax area. And Teach was one of the artists, basically. I just started taking pictures of it, throwing it up on Facebook. And then uh, um, I, I just got to know. Was smart enough to get the name LA Street Art Gallery. And, Nobody uh, else had that fucking name yet. <laughs> Just got to know more and more of the artists, and then Teach actually just asked me to DJ uh, some of his art shows, you know. And then so, uh, uh, you know, it began a beautiful friendship, basically. So, uh, so uh, cool. It's so uh, serendipitous that we. This dude has gotten my back on like some of the business stuff, you know, because that's where I'm kind of stupid, and he's kind of saved me on some shit uh, quite a few times. And uh, I'd like to think that I've kind of. you know, gotten him to experience more of his artistic side. Of course, man. Uh, with getting more involved with the music. So, you know, we kind of uh, washed each other down with that. I used to honestly not understand uh, why people do art unless they made money. And then, like, I, to be 100% honest, you, you know what I mean? Because I, I drew to, uh, you know, but, like, I was like, that's too hard to make money. Like, and then, uh, I, and then I met a lot of street artists that were doing it just for the sake of, the cause or the message and i was like whoa this is different man they gave me a whole different view on uh artists in general you, you know i thought 
uh, and just getting to know what it takes to become an artist really inspired me to push my DJ career more and more forward too. So, uh, you know, I'm still working at that all the time, Jim, but, uh, uh, you know, the acrylics are the kind of acrylics that go in all the spray paints. So that's how we got that connection. Yeah. We were able to, to, to get, get all that done. You know what I mean? So like I said, it just randomly, uh, uh, it all works out, man, and uh, we're gonna keep. On oh, going. and the uh, the uh, showing the the um, logo again there, the ghost spray paint. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah let me... You forgot uh, to point something out there. Yeah, it's actually if you flip this around, which I can't do here, but if you turn your head to the side, it actually yeah. says OG. You can't edit. OG. Right, because uh, it's actually done by the inventor of spray paint, which was one of my customers, actually. And uh, it's called a Seymour spray paint, and he actually invented spray paint. So we thought it'd be a cool, like, brand to uh, do the ghost spray paint, the OG spray paint, you know. And uh, Peach added on They're that. Dry show. and durable as fuck. <laughs> yeah. So uh, durable AF, I love it. Yeah, yeah. So uh, that's know, awesome. We just, we just been kind of just you know doing our little own thing, and uh, uh, it's just great to uh, uh, you know have somebody uh, inspire me like Teach and. Uh, hey, Teach, you got you got to you got to let everybody know about the book too, because I was also like, hey, Teach, you should probably release a book at some point in time, <laughs> some point in time too, right? You, you know, and he's like, you know what, that's that is a good idea. So, uh, you know, if you haven't checked it out, it's on Amazon. Just so you guys know, the reason why I haven't been like trying to promote this thing all over the place and do whatever was, um, I mainly did this book for my dad. You know, I wanted him to have something that uh, he could look at. And um, dude looks at it like still like every other day or so. I I'll check the cameras. He's sitting there looking at it. Um, so I can care less if it, you know, sells or whatever. Um, you know, I just had a hundred of them printed up, self-published. Um, but I, I've already had some work come from those, um, you know, some people that have seen the book um, have very uh, wisely invested <laughs> in uh, some original artwork. And um yeah, you know, I figure in time it'll it'll sell, or if it doesn't, I don't I really don't give a shit. My dad is so happy with it. <laughs> hey, I gave my pops a copy too, and uh, he really, really. Oh, thanks, it, man. You know, and uh, and uh, one of the main things is like, uh, you know, my parents are very conservative Asian and Christian people, you, you know, so uh, they they never got to deal with uh, you know anything outside of that world until they met, until I became who I am, and I would bring people like teach uh, into the picture you know and my, my dad was telling me he was like you know it's really interesting uh, i would have never met anybody like keith um if uh, if it wasn't for for <laughs> you, you know you and it's like artists are actually not that scary people <laughs> once you get to know them <laughs> so that's like most of us <laughs> most of us most of us most of the time i should say <laughs> if you, if you look we at have these, our moments. i mean you know, he has tattoos yes. on he has tattoos on his, you know, head. You know, people people normally, you know, you know, wouldn't immediately assume that he's the nice one of the nicest guys, right? So uh, like I said And that's exactly why I got the fucking tattoo. So people leave me the fuck alone. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Well dude, it's been it's been over an hour, man. So uh, you know, we've had a lot of Jim's time. And it always flies by fast when we're. Uh, I yeah, well, especially with my buddy Jim. I mean, good grief, you know, I could keep going for hey, hours. I want to say one last um, thing about the AI, and it was you talking about your book too, right? In a hundred years from now, two hundred whatever, you know, look, we go to museums and we check out 
artwork created by people. Do you think we're really going to give two shits about going to a museum and checking out AI in, in a couple hundred years? We are going to want to exactly what what yeah. Keith created, you know, or what, you know, the, the music, whatever, you know, it's just actual physical pieces. Yeah. And seeing the brush. Because the AI, you just sit there on your fucking computer and look at it and jerk off, you know? Well, or, excuse me, but yeah, whatever. Well, like I said, that's I think a different one... site, Keith. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same letter, though. You hit that first letter and it goes straight to it. It's, you know. <laughs> Portraits Poor, oh well, we'll see what that heads to. Yeah, that's awesome. dude. What are your uh, what are your socials so people can check out your work? Well, um, how they find you? Just my uh, Instagram right now. Um, yeah, the, um, my website's up there, but it's down right now. I'm in the middle of uh, redoing that and and um, working with some other people with that. So right now, this is it. Awesome. JFordBentley.art. Nice. Awesome. Okay, man. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Uh, To the audience, uh, leave us a review on iTunes and uh, follow us at PTTP Show. Love you guys. Take care and peace. Thanks for having me. Tell Sean A.S. Tell Sean A.S. I love her and uh, love you guys. Thanks for joining us, bro. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Peace. Great meeting you. Peace. What's up? It's James. And teacher. We just want to tell you a few ways that you can support us. Financially. That's right. You can go to our Patreon, patreon.com slash show. Inside the Patreon, you can find a few different packages. You got everything from like a dollar all the way up to $5,000. You know, like if you're business, you want to do some advertising, you want to be a guest on the show or something like that. But you know what? We appreciate any way you guys would like to support us. This is just another way of doing it. Or access the shop at lastreart.gallery. Check out the shop as I'm a teacher's original artwork, some stickers, and also other merch coming at you from some of the guests on our show. Thank you very much. Peace. Peace.